We started out as a political organization, as a spiritual, cultural kind of um, and artistic organization. There are f- there are those four strains in the sisters. That was Sister Mary Media of the San Francisco Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from drag queens, writers, bartenders, and other San Franciscans telling stories and responding to the question, what is it about this place? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17, Part 2. In Part 1, Mary Media set the stage for the birth of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence back in 1979. In this podcast, she picks up the story of how a group of young gay drag queens came together around the ideas of performance, politics, charity, and spirituality. She also talks about how she got her drag nun name. Here's Sister Mary Media. So as it existed at that time, kind of 79, 8 or so, um, was it already called... Did you already have the name, or when did that all come about? The The formalizing it as a yeah, it was late 1979, early 1980. Um, There was a meeting at somebody's house of all these people who were uh, interested, who had like gotten measured for for habits, and who had expressed interest, and um, who were you know we were participating in things um, in events. Not in habit because we didn't have them yet, but um, yeah, there was an intention to form a group, a, a, an order of nuns, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like the perfect representation. It was the perfect antidote to clone culture at the time because here was this group of drag personas, all who all look the same. Right. So it was like, <laughs> you know, it was like the 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 perfect antidote to mm-hmm. clone culture at the time. Who came up with the name? Do you remember? I wasn't at that meeting. Oh, damn it. That first meeting. Uh, there are, again, different versions of the truth. I think sure. William Stewart, whose house it was, the meeting was at, um, seems to have been largely responsible for it, though Sister Missionary Position claims to... Um, that he had a lot to do with with the name. So it was a long, apparently like a six-hour meeting of like, well, what are we going to do? And we have to have a name. And so um, I guess over that course of that period, the, the name evolved in that in that meeting. So suddenly we had a name, which, which kind of fit. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did, when would you say the the sister's charity work took over good question not, I yeah. say took over but took hold is what i meant yes yeah. because we didn't start out as you as you as you're suggesting we didn't start out as a charitable organization we started out as a political organization as a spiritual cultural kind of um and artistic organization there are there are those four strains in the sisters there's the you know performative the performance aspect. There's the um, the social work that we do, the charitable works that we do. There's the political, and there's the spiritual. And those, 
what's so great about being a sister is that you're involved with people who are interested in all of those things to one degree or another. Like for some people, they couldn't care less about one th one aspect or the other. But together, you can do so much more um, because people are bringing all these different influences um, together. So we started out not as a charitable organization at all. But what happened is that the um, there was something called the Mariel Boat Lift that happened where uh, Castro opened the the mental hospitals and the prisons in Cuba to let people, to get rid of basically people who had been arrested for homosexuality in Cuba and um, and for other, you know, minor crimes, I guess. So he, so there was suddenly a boat lift. There was all these boats coming, uh, bo boatloads of people coming from Cuba to, to the States. And a huge component of that was gay people. Um, and so they were arriving here with absolutely nothing. Um, some people in the community thought, oh, here's an opportunity to get a like cheap houseboy. Or, you know, it was like, it was like the most obnoxious response to the needs of these people, of these these refugees, essentially, so we decided to hold a bingo to raise money. We had we had never done a bingo before, so we scheduled a bingo. Herb Kane covered it that day in his column. That was the first time the sisters had been mentioned in his column, um, and so he mentioned that that evening there was going to be a bingo. So many people showed up that we had to schedule a second sitting. Um, it was great, um, and so we, uh, yeah, we. That was how we started raising money for, um, for the community. So now, of course, we have we have regular grant cycles. We, you know, we twice a year we actually give money. We solicit applications for grants, and we um, we try to fund typically organizations that are not getting funding from main, more mainstream sources, uh, groups that are on the either on the margins um, because they're not kind of respectable enough for uh, traditional funders, or they don't have a track record, or it's maybe somebody just has an idea and just needs some needs somebody to believe in them enough to give them a, some seed seed money, and so that's what we look for, and um, so that's our kind of niche in um, in in grant making. I was curious about your name, your name. Oh, Mary Media. Yeah. Well, I used to <clears throat> when I came here, I. I had been involved in, um, well, okay. <laughs> back up, in college, back up, back I was up. the editor of my newspaper, my campus newspaper. So I was always kind of interested in media. Um, in fact, going back to high school, I was I did a column for the high school in the local paper. You're anyway, a journalist. Uh, I'm a, I was kind of a journalist, but journalism didn't really cut it for me. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I ran into somebody, um, 
I started talking to somebody on the street one day. In, it was in Haight-Ashbury. It was, I think, at Masonic and Haight. He was just sort of hanging out. I was just sort of hanging out, so we just started talking. And one thing leads to another, and it turns out he's interested in doing media. I'm interested in doing media. He has experience in um, audio production, film and audio production. So we... S- set up a production company called uh, Raven's Head Communications, mm-hmm. which um, produced s- features, audio features uh, on queer subjects that we sent around to the different radio program, queer radio programs around the country. So we were kind of freelance uh, queer radio producers. Okay. Um, that's how I got to meet Fred Brungard, a.k.a. Sister Missionary Position, because he was involved with Fruit Punch over at um, at uh, KPFA. Mm-hmm. And through him is how I got to know the other people who were involved with, who became, in, you know, involved with starting a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... When I went to some of the fairy gatherings, not the first one, but to subsequent fairy gatherings, we I took a portable record player, a portable tape recorder with me, and I was kind of wandering around like taping it. And I have tapes, I have tapes from those gatherings, which are, I wish I could play them now with without oh, them right. falling apart. Yeah, um, I'm afraid to listen to them, yeah. but. Um, that's a separate problem. Um, as, so I started out calling myself Sister Hot Patootie, bless my soul. Um, and But at the gathering, some of the other sisters started calling me Mary Media. Hmm. And so because I was the mistress of communications of the order at that time, um, I the name stuck and... So that's how I became Sister Mary Media. And so it doesn't have, there's no like double entendre. There's no <laughs> like, like dirty little uh, uh, aspect to the name. It's yeah. just, that's the kind of, I guess, reflects me. That's who I am. And yeah. that's, um, yeah. it's not Mary Magdalene or anything like that. It's no, or, it's but just, it's Mary. It, and it's M A R Y. It's not. It's not even happy media. It's like <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's your origin story. That's my that's my name. Yeah, the, na- the name, the name, story. and yeah, and as I said, like I had those interests um, in performance and um, and queer politics mm-hmm. and spirituality that um, coalesced in. Um, oh, here's a group of people who I could be involved with, you know, that it is political work that that is meaningful to me. Um, cultural work. So, 40 years. Do you want to talk <laughs> about that at all? Okay, well, I ha- yeah, there was a long period where I kind of stepped back um, in the late 80s and only reconnected around the 30th anniversary, which was, what, 2000? Maybe a little earlier than the 30th anniversary. Um, so there was a whole period in there where I was not involved personally. Okay. Uh, but the order 
did maintain. I mean, it was down to like, I think maybe four or five people at one time. I think Roma talked about okay, that a, yeah. a very little bit. Right. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, 40 years. I mean, we did a lot. I mean, I'm very proud of the things that we did in the early days, like the Playfair pamphlet that we did, which was an early safe sex a brochure that we uh, that we wrote, printed, and handed out at the 1982 uh, gave what was called Gay Freedom Day parade back mm. then. Um, the it was um, there was a health clearly a health crisis around STDs going on mm-hmm. in the city. Um, this was pre AIDS mm-hmm. or pre awareness of AIDS. Right. Um, but we wanted people to know about, um, what they were experiencing, like what they were, the, the, the things that they were getting infected with. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to be, have an understanding of what, um, of how to treat it mm-hmm. and how to, you know, what, that it wasn't sort of a death sentence. Like, well, I don't know. This is actually, I mean, as it turns out, coming, looming in the in the background, it was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. But back then, we were talking about gonorrhea and things like that, you know, STDs. Mm-hmm. And we... The literature that was available at the time was from public health um, sources, and it was all very judgmental. You shouldn't be doing this, and this is what you're getting yourself into, and um, it was all described in clinical terms. We knew that people were not going to stop having sex, so we came up with the message of play fair. In other words, treat your brethren and your sisters um uh, with respect and with empathy and with kindness and um and with honesty and just play fair like but play (laughs) and so we use the language that people use to talk about sex we use you know it wasn't clinical language Mm -hmm. and it was a positive it was a sex positive message Mm -hmm. and so uh that is now considered a, a forerunner of kind of um, community response to a health crisis. Um, it's it's sort of um, it started a whole new way of communicating information, medical information to the community. So I'm very proud of that. And then, of course, Bobby Campbell, who was. AIDS poster boy. Um, he was on the cover of Newsweek magazine. He was one of the first people to edu- educate people about the nature of HIV and AIDS. It was called GRID at that time. And he was a sister, Sister Florence Nightmare RN. And so um, we helped, we had, I think, the very first fundraiser for an AIDS organization uh, when we when we sponsored a uh, a fundraiser for his organi- the organization that he had started mm. with, with some other people mm. here in the or- in the city. 
so um yeah Lots i mean I, there was so much you know there was there was other stuff going on i mean there was just i like being a sister can be a full-time job mm-hmm. so that led to me kind of stepping back and and needing to we were ta- all taking care of you know our friends mm-hmm. and and um and family of choice at that time um so i couldn't i couldn't just stay being a sister but i adore being a sister and when the opportunity came to uh rejoin i um i went for it awesome um, and they saved your seat Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the thing, I, I just want to make the point that, you know, it's. Cl- I'm sure you're aware and probably most people listening to this are aware that we are not like making fun of nuns. We were not, I mean, some people at the beginning felt like, oh, you're, you know, you're mocking nuns. It's, it's more misogyny from the gay male community. No, that's not what it's, I mean, a lot of, we kind of honor nuns. Um, we, if we, if we mock anything, it's the way nuns are treated by the, by the uh, misogynistic hierarchy of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we really do see ourselves as nuns. We're not playing nuns. We are. We take vows. We we function as secular nuns. Mm-hmm. So, Catholic nuns. They raise money for the poor. We raise money for the poor. They educate. We educate. They comfort the afflicted. We comfort the afflicted. They take a vow of chastity. We raise money for the poor. (laughs) That's awesome. We're nuns. Yeah. And I love that. And so we started this little group in, you know, like, I don't know, 12, I think there's the four founders and 12 originals or, um, is, is the way it's been codified um, in, our, in our history. Um, but now there are, you know, orders, there are houses in, I think, 60 cities in the United States and 12 or 13 other countries. Wow. And so, forty years later, we'll be celebrating this this coming next month um, by people coming in from all over the world to help us celebrate forty years of um, active, you know, activism that's rooted in spirituality. It's po- it's a political awareness, but it's rooted in a spirituality and in. Um, and in a caring, an empathetic understanding of, um, of the way we can be in the world. That was Sister Mary Media. Join us next week when you'll hear from Faye's coffee owner and artist, Michael McConnell. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to stay up to date on everything we do. Find the 60-plus past episodes on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that happens to be Apple Podcasts and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. 
send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.